Now, welcome Raj. Thank you, Dave. Now, Raj describes herself as just a mum, and with friends Michelle and Jana, also just mums, took it on themselves to go to Slovakia to see the refugee camps and to meet some of the women and with their children coming across the border from Ukraine to see what do they need now and what do they need to help them get on with their lives longer term. So do tell us about your, your trip to Slovakia, please, Raj. Thank you, Dave. So myself, Jana... Mum from Walton, uh, Michelle Russell, mum from Carlisle. We went on a fact-finding mission really to ask the mums what was it that they needed because we kept thinking, or I kept thinking, if I was that mum who'd been through such a huge journey to arrive into safety, A, where had I arrived? And B, I'd like someone to just ask me what do you need? So after pondering that for a week or so, we planned the trip and we went out on the 6th of April. We flew into Vienna, we hired a car and drove across to Bratislava where we had already been linked in to Camp Bratislava set up by the amazing uh, travel company called Buvo. So local communities in Slovakia like us in the UK, had set up support systems, if you like, networks to welcome the women, children, elderly coming in. And we did that on the basis that we didn't want to know from the travel company or their managers or people working there. We wanted to speak to the women. And Jarnam, my amazing friend of over a decade, local woman in Walton, Ukraine mum, was able to bridge the gap, the communication gap between us and the women because she's she's Ukraine, so she could speak their language. And without her support and Michelle, who was documenting and doing some amazing work with the women and children, um, we just couldn't have got the value that we got from the trip. So in Camp Bratislava, on our first night when we arrived there, we met... Uh, in the house, it's a normal looking house, you go in and you are literally presented with women and children sitting around this house, it's like a townhouse, which would have been a hostel otherwise, and uh, it's very warm, Uh, the women are sitting there, they're looking a bit dazed, the children are there, Um, some of them being normal kids running around, other children just sitting there who've recently arrived. And on our first night, we met a young couple uh, who were in Ukraine, had a baby three days before the hospital was bombed, and they had to take an enormous decision to remove the feeding tube from the baby, take the baby out the incubator. And because they were a Nigerian couple, they made the decision not to get on the train. They didn't think they would, and they went by boat, the wife having just had a big caesarean. And they were in this house uh, where we met beautiful baby Declan, who was born two months early, doing quite well and being beautifully looked after by the staff and all the people there were looking after them very beautifully. And that was what we witnessed on day one. On day two... We went to another house, 
uh, again, run by Joseph, the manager who works for Bubo, the travel company in Bratislava, being the capital of Slovakia. And there we met some women who had just arrived a couple of days uh, ago. And these were women who had arrived after the bombings, that had, the shooting that had happened at the train station where 60 people had been killed. So, And these women, it was the first set of women that we saw that actually showed a lot of emotion. And one of the women was crying a lot because she only just about made it onto the train by a push and a shove. And she then found out when she arrived that had she not, with a push and shove, got onto that train, she would have possibly been one of the women killed on the train station. And it was at this house where um, I was able to call Dave, I rang you, Dave, and said, can we please interview this amazing girl? I just met Anna, who could speak what I thought was excellent English, because a lot of um, Slovakian people don't speak English. I suppose they don't have a need, but the kids are learning. So Anna, who was only just 17, described to me her amazing journey with her mum, who was apparently only on holiday to drop Anna off in Slovakia. And the journey they had gone through, you know, landmines and bombs and shooting. And it shocked me that Anna was using these um, actions of shooting and not knowing the words, but it's not shocking. Why would you learn a second language and have a vocabulary of shooting and, you know, all these horrible words that she didn't know and she didn't need to know but it had obviously happened. So we met Anna and a few others, and it was then that I asked Dave to... I asked her, would you be happy? I asked her mom. Her mom said, more than people need to know that when we choose to leave our homes... And she, by the way, was only going to leave Anna in Slovakia and go home to work and look after her husband and her son, who were fighting. And um, so Anna and other children like Anna described these journeys some children had drawn beautiful drawings but the images they were drawing body parts heads arms all over the place women the drawings because they were drawing a lot and lots of these drawings were on the walls because this is how the women felt and because they had a little bit of a language barrier between the Slovakian carers and themselves they used drawings a lot to sort of depict how they're feeling and and these drawings we've got you know photographs of them and um they, it was just ama- it was just shocking really as a mum to see what was going on we spent longer in bratislava because we recognized that bratislava was going to be quite key if we could do something special in bratislava to help the women because one of the things the women were saying is they don't want to be a charity case these women are from an area in Ukraine. I've never been to Ukraine, never been to Slovakia or that part of the world. But the area they are from, it's like Surrey. So these women are teachers, they are musicians, they are doctors, they are vets. They are highly educated women who've had to run, leave their husbands, their brothers, their fathers behind to safe to get safety for their children. A lot of these women aren't bothered about themselves, but they want to be independent, they want to work, they want to add value to the community they're in, and the other thing they want, they want to go home. 
So what they are thinking, and this is what we found out across our six-day trip, is that a lot of women want to stay close to the border they arrived at or the country, whether that be Poland, whether that be Slovakia, Bulgaria, Hungary, etc. And they need support in-country, and they don't want dependency on charity. They want to become independent. So they were letting us know their skills. And and it was quite shocking, the number that were artists. But if we think about London and it being a cultural centre and we look at the women there, and even here in Surrey, we will see that a lot of us are a bit arty. We are, you know, teachers. We are lots of things. And these women want to use their skills to add value to the community they've landed in. So we were discovering that actually what, we, the mums, what we're taking away is to come back to the UK and see what projects, what sponsorship programmes, how can we engage the British public, the Surrey public, to look at Slovakia, to look at Hungary, look at Poland, look at all the countries and see what contacts do people have where and how can we all come together and do a programme from Surrey UK, what bit can we all do? So we three mums are just looking to do our bit to engage as many people as possible now on a sponsorship programme because the other thing we found is that these women are super bright. They were learning Slovak language in three weeks. I know it's very similar, but they were like fluent. Even the Slovak people were shocked. And so we recognise that if their little children could go to a little kindergarten and in Slovakia, every child from the age of five, by law, has to go to kindergarten, which means all the local places are full. It also means, but this law doesn't apply to the refugee children. They're just left. There's no facilities. So um, Camp Zelina, if we come on to Camp Zelina, Camp Zelina is quite interesting. It's run by a gentleman called Milan Dubek, uh, who has chosen to take on a huge responsibility. So he's working in collaboration with the owner of Bubo and Joseph, who's the manager there. And the three of them are working then with the polytechnics. So they're getting their network out and they're bringing everybody together. And Milan has been funding, self-funding, thousands of women where he's supplying them with accommodation, food. He now is doing language courses. He's now found a place where you can set up a a day centre. You can't call it a kindergarten. That takes years. A day centre where the children can be looked after beautifully, Montessori style, and then the women can learn the language, then they can look at their skill set and get them a job. Then two women together can rent a flat or an apartment, and then they're independent. So this is his plan. So to support something like that, where you've got somebody in country, and the reason he's doing it, and that was the other reason, I wanted to know, myself and John and Michelle, wanted to understand that the men running these camps were as good as they sounded, and they were beyond. So these guys have literally stepped into the shoes of the husbands and the fathers who are not there. It is amazing that these guys have chosen, because they are doing their daytime job to pay the bills, 
So Milan is running this big company. His employees are working and they are doing a second job where they are running Camp Zelina, Camp Bratislava, assisting. Today I found out one of the polytechnics is running out of food. But it's not a problem because I've come back to the UK and we have already speaking to how do we give Slovakia access to the World Food Programme? Because currently they don't have access to it. I think it is just a matter of uh, making a few phone calls, understanding the system and then plugging them in so they don't have an issue with food. We also need to talk to people like Tesco's and Lidl's who are present in Slovakia and plug them into these community projects to see how they can support. So at least we know the food's taken care of. Because we all know, I don't know whether Dave knows this, that there's seven times more food in the world than people. Did you know that, Dave? Seven times more food in the world than people, but we have people starving to death. It's a big fact. Not a lot of people know it. And we know that if we can sort out the food issue, we can then look at the kindergarten education. We can look at the language courses. We can then look at a little starter package for the women. And then once they're on their way, these women, they don't want handouts. They want to be independent. So we've come back to the UK and this is what we're going to be doing in Surrey. Having witnessed, so just going back, having witnessed thousands of women who once upon a time were sitting in beautiful homes, like a lot of us in Weybridge, in Walton, in Isha, who are now sitting on camp beds. They only have the clothes on their back or the clothes that have been delivered to them from all over the place. Their food is whatever they're given, whether that be a cup of soup, whether that be a meal from a local restaurant who has been kind enough to say, look, I'll do lunch today. This is all they have. And their children are no longer able to access education. So our children, I've got a 17-year-old, a 5-year-old, you know, once at Claremont, once at Notre Dame, having a lovely time. No longer are these kids. They haven't even got writing materials. They just haven't even got toys. The toys they've got are just some random toys that have been sent across, you know, some of them not fit for purpose. Um, and these women are literally sitting there thinking, but they are thinking with no access to money, no access to accommodation. So we as mums, we're looking at all of this and we had a lot of conversations with the mums over nine camps. So we visited nine camps. Um, we then um, went from Bratislava to Camp Zelina, which is in Zelina, which is about uh, two and a bit hours away. We then travelled on to another area, um, which was where the Romani people are, near the borders. And what we found in that area was even more shocking because the Romani Ukraine refugees are so nervous and frightened. They're living with no electricity, no access to clean water and just totally dependent on whoever will provide them with whatever food or water. So we met the mayor in that area, Prashkov, um, who happens to be a Romani himself, and we went to a local school there and we saw the local area there. They didn't have a lot, but it's interesting. People who don't have a lot share a lot. However, in Slovakia, it was very interesting because the people who had a lot, like Milan and the Bubo and the Camp Bratislava, those people, 
they were sharing a lot, which I think is unusual. Um, you know, for someone like these guys who are big business people, um, who obviously are very comfortable to be spending the kind of money they're doing, um, it's unusual for them to be doing it on the scale. He had basically, Camp Zelina is a beautiful office building. If you imagine London and you've got a most beautiful office building, in you walk in, it's got beautiful koi carp in the reception area, beautiful. We were like, wow, this is a camp. You then go in and what Milan has done, and the same with Bubo, what they've done is they've got beautiful mattresses, but on camp beds. They've done the best they can. So they've tried to look at priority and they've made uh, like the big area, they've split it off using um, cardboard tubing to be recyclable, to be sustainable, because they're into sustainability. Um, So they've given, they've made like little rooms in this big area so the families have a bit of privacy and in the little room they've got like maybe two or three beds so at least a mum and her children can have a bit of privacy and then when if you go into the bathrooms beautifully clean they're doing their best because they're looking after thousands the polytechnic we went to a bit further on um from zelina uh pavel looking after 50 women and his wife eva he's a director of a polytechnic He's opened up the accommodation bit of the polytechnic. And these women, they have been provided with the best he can do. And I must mention at this stage, Burhill Golf Club. Paul McCarthy, who plays at Burhill Golf Club, same as my husband, Colin, um, he went out and I was thinking about going to Slovakia. He was thinking about it as well. And then my husband connected us because Paul has done amazing things. And everybody locally, I think, will know about Paul McCarthy. Amazing guy. So um, it was with Paul's guidance that I was able to do a really uh, impactful and um, substantial trip. And Burhill Golf Club and what Paul was able to do with Pavel and Camp Zelina and Camp Brass, amazing And when I got to the polytechnic where Paul had delivered loads of food and he'd left money to have the shower heads fixed, Dave, to have the taps fixed so they could have water. And he said, and the kettles, things that we just take for granted. You know, Paul had left them some money to buy these things because um, Pavel could, the director of the polytechnic. And he said, take photographs. I want to show that the money you send is used for what it's intended. And then he showed me the store cupboard with all the food that everybody had sort of collected and Paul had got delivered into um, Slovakia. And the same at Camp Zelina, Camp Bratislava. And they said, you know, Paul came and we know you know Paul. We want you to take... They were really keen that we know that what we're doing is going for the purpose it's intended. And um, it was really interesting that the director... At that polytechnic and another polytechnic we went to, both of these directors met us on a Sunday morning. So I would say to the heads and the teachers sitting out there with potential accommodation or they're running schools, have a think. How can we engage our schools, our universities, our polytechnics to help support a sponsorship program to enable these women and children with a little handout for a hand up. And, and this applies for anything we do. We mustn't just keep doing handouts. We've got to think, 
if we do that handout, as a mum, you know, we enable our children to be educated. We're empowering them to become independent. So when we're looking at a situation like this, all three of us agreed, what is the handout needed? Yes, it's food and accommodation, but how do we enable the women to achieve what they want, which is to become independent? So we have come back, and we've been back now a week and a bit, and um, I have got a lot of plans. So this is what we're going to do. So to enable these sponsorship programs to help support all of these women and children coming in, and unfortunately it seems to be that more people are coming in, a lot of these women told us that they would like to settle in Slovakia and the other countries. We've heard that. Some of them want to come into the UK. So anybody who wants to host, we have, for example, a 32-year-old woman with a five-year-old child. She's on her way, we know, through Jana. She's travelling across into Poland, we hope. We've got to keep our fingers crossed that she makes it with her little daughter. And she is looking for a place in Surrey because she's got contacts in Surrey. She's English-speaking. She's not looking for a handout for too long. She's hoping, she's a reporter, and she's hoping to come to Surrey with her daughter and settle here and add value to our community. So if anybody out there can host a young mum with a five-year-old who's English-speaking, um, who will soon get on her feet, and any support that's needed for a family hosting, Dave, I would say, you know, contact me, you know, contact us on our website, you can phone me as well. I don't mind. We have our company phone number, 07904497102. And we will help support any family who's got the room to support a family. So we can do things like food parcels, essential things. We can organise things. So if someone's got space but they can't afford to feed, we can do that gap filling. So um, just so that everybody knows, the... Uh, company that I set up, not that I wanted to, but it felt like I had to do something formal, is One Thought Changes All. So you can visit our website. Uh, and it's a digit one, T for Tommy, C for Charlie, A dot com. So it's one TCA dot com. And you can visit us, you can email us, and you can see all the lovely work that we're doing. The website is constantly being updated. Um, Wolverhampton University have agreed to take it on. I was born in Wolverhampton. They just offered out of the blue. And I'm very grateful to Haria and Victor, who are leading that project at Wolverhampton University, to handle our social media, which we're controlling, because we want to be mindful and respectful to the mums and the children on what we share. So we're going to share social media as and when it's appropriate. Um, but for now, we're looking for... We're going to set up a... Uh, fundraiser and the first fundraiser in this in sorry that we're going to do is my husband and I uh, we live on the river and we're going to sell a boat uh, which we're not using and we're going to donate a percentage of the proceeds of that boat and we're in com communication with Bates Marina and uh, Richard Clare and everybody there we're just talking to them about how do we do a fundraiser which is good fun for Surrey and we can raise some money to do a sponsorship program. So, for example, £100 a month will give you a child who can go to kindergarten, a woman who can then learn a language, and then within a few months, 
she can then get a job but she can speak the language in Slovakia and she's independent so you know we can think about you know whatever anybody can afford the fundraiser we're going to do is all going to be based about around one world one family and it's going to be the number one so if a little child wants to give a penny they can give a penny if somebody wants to give a pound they can give a pound on our website you can download our book one thought for a pound and that pound provides fruit and vegetables to an adult in Slovakia so that's your one pound and for that pound you get a, a digital download of our beautiful book and then we are able to give fruit and vegetables for one, one pound so we're just launching this anybody who wants to join us you're more than welcome we are just mums and I, and I do say that because um, I only started this back in 2020 with a view that we mums need to do action, more actions, even though we do lots of actions, to show our children that when the pandemic hit and when something like this happens, we must think about our community. And our community isn't just here in Weybridge or Walton or Isha or Surrey. It is one world. So if more of us can think about being one world and one family, then I think it helps to see that when we help another mum, we're just helping our family. So we're launching that with a view that we will raise as much as we can to do the best we can, because we can only ever do our best. Isn't that what we tell our children? Do your best, and whatever your best is, it's got to be good enough, because how can you do more? Um, so that's what I tell my kids, you know, just do your best, and as long as you know that's your best, then that's fine. Um, so we've done the trip. We saw... We are going to launch some images as well, which we've been given permission to. Some beautiful um, art um, pictures. Some pictures um, that the mums said they saw somewhere, but it, it sort of demonstrated how they were feeling. Um, because we had a lang they have a language barrier still uh, with their carers. Um, the kids are drawing. So we thought that the other thing we could get involved in Surrey is to do an art project. So we've got an idea which we um, proposed to Bratislava and we were introduced to the mayor of Bratislava that wouldn't it be lovely to have an art project which encompasses drama, music, culture to bring this one world, one family into reality and we would have the art project from Slovakia to London to Dublin because a lot of families were going to Dublin and wouldn't it be lovely especially with London having so, you know, we've got the Royal Albert Hall, we've got the Tate, we've got so much going on, beautiful things. Wouldn't it be lovely to share art and the impact of art therapy and music and drama, all these beautiful things, which at a time like now for us mums is lovely that we can, you know, I watched a movie with my daughter, we do some drawing and colouring, just things like that we take for granted. But if we could do a project, because a lot of these women are artists and they're musicians, and by doing a project of this order, we could create jobs. And it could almost be a legacy. And I really look forward to the back of what's going on here. Um, but to give the women a bit of hope and using their skill set, we could do something. in. So anybody out there who's an expert in the art sector, I know there's a lot of European funding available for a project of this order but we need someone who's an expert who could take this idea and really run with it 
so that it creates jobs and it also shows the world how we all came together and through art and drama I think it's always been that way music you know and it was really lovely um Anna this amazing girl Anna we had taken over some bags and she took this beautiful heart which had been made by some local women in Kingston um a care kit a kindness care kit and it was a bag um with a little heart and lots of other things in it and it had lavender in this heart and she picked up the lab this heart and she smelled it and she said oh, it reminds me of home and when i asked the ladies at kingston um cares they're called rb cares where did the lavender come from they said from the eastern block and anna said it reminded her of home and it reminded her of her favorite teacher who she didn't think she was going to see again um so the other thing <clears throat> that we're looking to do is we're thinking scent touch smell art all of these things are really critical and we just take it for granted so just having a scent that reminds you of home is so lovely so i've already spoken to a few companies really nice brands um like um Malton Brown Joe Joe Malone Joe Loves etc and i know there's lots of other brand, brands out there um thing p- people like Floris who make the queens we got the queen's birthday uh, yesterday so floris beautiful perfumery you know could we ask these companies to make us a scent and market it so that a percentage of the profits come back to do sponsorships or something so we look, so anybody who has any contact out there for any brands that are special uh, like tropic i'm already I've, i'm going to put an email into tropic british brand beautiful sustainable today's world earth day so any brand that fits in with protecting the planet sustainable and is a nice brand who could make us a scent or something that you know that we could do fundraising on the back of just market it and it, and it's all for the benefit of these mums to enable and empower them so that they can become independent and one day these women were telling us that what they want to do is they want to earn enough money to go back and rebuild their homes um and and coming back now and having been here for 10 days we are still processing everything we saw the 70 women and children who we saw with no food who were frightened but we had the ability because we had taken money with us from the amazing in Weybridge High Street we've got Backman's Chris amazing made beautiful chocolates is that okay to say Backman's yeah 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 so Backman absolutely um Winkworth um the team there amazing 300 pounds fruit and vegetables little did we know that we needed that um we've got glitterati enzo i only asked him for six little cream pots you know just to give to the women and he gave me ba- a bag with six things in each we only wanted six bags for the pregnant women women who were due to have their babies we thought it'd be nice to take a little gift um we've got waitrose layla the manager at waitrose waybridge lovely she gave me um tea and biscuits isn't that what we're good at having tea you know when you're not feeling well you have a cup of tea and a biscuit and she didn't just give one packet she gave like in one bag she gave like four things i only asked her for one and then we've got valentinos 
uh, amazing, you know, all, all, and the reason I wanted to have these gifts, and I called them welcome bags of hope, because I wanted to show the women that whilst we were just three mums, we actually had all of our community behind us in the UK who wanted just to show them that we have hope for them. And it was all of our community coming together that was helping. And another company, Snowpake, amazing. So Snowpake, Simon contacted me and had delivered two pallets of beautiful stationery because that's what his company does. Snowpake, a stationery company, never heard of. I couldn't believe it. And we're going to put all of this on our website. So, you know, amazing how people have, you know, supported myself, Paul at Burhill Golf Club. And now going forward, we do not need people to get fatigued by the news. We do not need donor fatigue. Because I tell you what, these women are sitting there on their camper beds. They need us to not be fatigued, but they need us to be inspired into working out how do we give them a hand out or a hand up. And we do that by doing lovely things with our children, whether it be art, whether we, you know, they support us on the fundraiser on the boat, whether they do something else. And the thing is, it doesn't really matter which bit of that you do or whether you even do it with 1TCA.com. Just do something, but make sure that what you do actually delivers impact where you think it's going to be delivered. The next bit, Dave, I'm going to say is this. I cannot figure out, in our six days, we did not see a single NGO on the ground. And my question is this. Where is Red Cross? Where is UNICEF? Where are any of them? We did have a very brief conversation, or actually quite a long conversation, with uh, Caritas, which is the distribution arm for Cathod, the Catholic Church. So they're the distribution arm. Spoke to Victor. I had great hope, thinking the local community just need to plug into their charitable community or the charities. Can't find out where they are. And I'm hearing the same story in Poland. I'm hearing the same story in other countries. I don't know what we're missing, but there were no NGOs on the ground. It was a local community helping the women and children. Thank God. And the question is, where are they? What are they doing? I know HSBC, who I bank with, and Santander. They have given a million euros each, I think, to Red Cross. And the question is, it's okay being on the border. We know they're on the border because we see it. And I know they're there because I've been there. But do we just stand on the border and give a handout and then walk away? No. We've got to then go the next bit, which is to do make sure, have the women and children got accommodation? Have, how are they going to go forward? And we need that connection. So anybody out there who's got answers to where are the charities who are meant to be on the ground or if there's a charity that we missed out. I mean, we spoke to Caritas, but there was nothing happening. And they said we can only do what funding we get and they weren't getting a lot. So they had a little centre 
with about six bags of flour on one shelf, a bit of clothes, a bit of random things and nothing else. And, uh, it was quite um, disappointing and upsetting uh, because I'm sure that's not what it's about. Um, so we've got to work out if anybody out there has any sort of contacts um, in the the big NGOs or the small NGOs or anybody out there who might be working and we miss them, you know, please get in touch. Um, and you've got the telephone number 07904497102. Thank you, Raj, for talking to us today. And do keep us up to date with your sponsorship programmes and anything else we can do to help the refugees. Radio.